Hello and welcome from Good Shepherd Church of Camarillo. We're so glad you're with us. Here's today's message. Every one of you that's here this morning that's uh, joining us in person, and for those of you who are joining us online, uh, I'm Greg Seba, one of the elders here. And uh, Pastor Chad is on a, a short retreat now. I think that pastors make sure that uh, the elders have a chance to uh, speak once or twice a year just so they can fully appreciate what uh, a pastor does each week. And uh, yeah, it really gives you uh, a challenge. It gives you an opportunity to really dive into the word. But uh, you really do feel the, the weight of it. You do feel the responsibility of bringing God's word to you. Um, I wanted to begin by uh, noting that as we uh, approach Christmas that we've crossed two milestones. Uh, But since we were deep into the holiday season, I thought I'd better clarify that so you didn't think that we're talking about uh, uh, Black Friday and Cyber Monday here. But uh, this is our second Sunday in Advent. It's a special time of preparation. Advent means the coming. And um, as we look forward to celebrating the birth of Christ, um, we had that special time of preparation. Last week, Chester, Pastor Chad spoke to us about the things that can take up room in our heart. Those uh, distractions of daily life, uh, difficult circumstances, even destructive habits. He encouraged us to examine our hearts and to find out uh, where we need to make changes, to make room for God's promises of hope and love, of joy and peace. This Sunday, we'll look at a person who lived that out, a person with a heart ready for God's promises. I don't know about you, but I'm a visual learner. For me to best understand a new concept or follow a new procedure, I need to see it demonstrated, lived out, as it were. For example, some of you know that I like to work on cars. It's a hobby of mine. Um, But whenever I'm doing a new repair, or I'm working on a car that's new to me, I always go to YouTube. (laughs) I want to see a video of somebody actually doing the same kind of repair and hopefully the same make and model of car. I get to see if there's any special tools that are needed or or, uh, any challenging aspects of the job or any tips that might make the job easier or bring about a better result. Today, we'll look at Mary, the mother of Jesus, and her response as she is told about her role in the story of redemption. As we do so, we can learn about more about our role as followers of Christ. Now, we don't have a YouTube video, but we do have something infinitely better, God's infallible and inerrant word. Well, reading from uh, Luke 1, 26 through 26, I think we were supposed to, were you supposed to do that uh, message? You know, I did not see that on uh, that. So we'll move right along here. You know, that's one thing when you don't do this all the time. Uh, I realized that Tony and Liz were going to bring our scripture reading for today, but you know, I just didn't see that listed in our bulletin. Um, So I'll just read it myself. Thank you, Tony. Um, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph 
of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at that saying. And she tried to discern what kind of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? The angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Heavenly Father, these are your words. Teach us the things you would want us to know, the things you would want us to do. Amen. And so the time has come. Ever since the days of Adam and Eve and the fall of man, all of history has been waiting for this very moment. The moment in time when the many prophecies about the Messiah would be fulfilled and mankind would be saved from the curse of sin and death. As we look at the text today, there are five things we can learn about Mary and her character. Mary was an ordinary woman. Mary believed God's promise. Mary was a woman of God's word and a woman of praise. Mary was empowered by the Holy Spirit. Mary submitted herself to the will of God. So looking at Mary as an ordinary woman, uh, Nancy Lee Wolgamuth, uh, formerly Nancy Lee DeMoss, is a noted Bible study uh, teacher and author of uh, 15 Christian books. She writes this uh, about Mary. There is nothing particularly unusual about Mary. She was not from a wealthy family or an illustrious family. When the angel appeared to this young teenage girl, she was engaged to be married and was undoubtedly doing what engaged girls do, dreaming of being married to Joseph, of the home they would live in, of the family that they would have. I don't believe she was expecting her life to be used in any extraordinary way. The significance of Mary's life was not based on the things that our world values so highly, a person's background or physical beauty, their intelligence or education, their natural gifts or abilities. No, it was Mary's relationship to Jesus that gave her life significance. The Lord is with you, the angel told her, and that is what made all the difference in this young woman's life. And that is what makes all the difference in our lives. And this is the point, isn't it? God uses ordinary people like you and like me to do his extraordinary work. We think of God using Moses, who was shy and fearful, slow of speech. He was to confront Pharaoh, the most powerful king of his day, and lead millions of God's people out of slavery. God uses David, a mere shepherd boy with no military experience, to kill the Philistine giant Goliath, and later to become the greatest king of Israel. 
The disciples that Jesus chose were uneducated fishermen and tax collectors. They had no theological training or special skills that would prepare them for the incredible responsibilities that they would be given. I don't believe God chose Mary because she was somehow qualified or deserving of the honor of being the mother of the Savior. The angel said to Mary, Greetings, you who are highly favored. That phrase could be translated as, You who are graciously accepted. It is by God's grace, the unmerited favor of God, that Mary was accepted, and the reason why any of us are accepted. In fact, it is only by God's grace that we come to salvation. We are told in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, that it is by grace that you have been saved, through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Mary understood and marveled at God's grace in choosing her. Well, Mary believed God's promise. Mary's question to the angel Gabriel, how will this be since I'm a virgin? That was not a doubtful response, but rather a question of understanding. Mary did not ask in disbelief as Zechariah did when he was told that his wife Elizabeth would give birth to a son, John the Baptist. Earlier in the chapter, in verse 11, begins that account. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, meaning Zechariah, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to give him the name John. Later, Zechariah responds to the angel, How can I be sure of this? I'm an old man, and my wife is well along in years. Zechariah was asking the angel to give him a sign to verify the truth of the promise. The angel answered, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their proper time. As I thought about that, I thought, you know, Zachariah asked for a sign, and you know what? He got it, <laughs> didn't he? Um, well, what about Mary? How do we know that Mary uh, believed God's promise? When the angel finished telling her all of the things that would happen, Mary replies, Behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. She did not ask for a sign. She simply believed that God would accomplish all that he had promised. And we see another confirmation when Mary goes to visit her relative Elizabeth who happens to be Zachariah's wife. When Mary greets her, Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, exclaims in a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy, and blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Well, Mary was also a woman of God's word and a woman of praise. While visiting Elizabeth, Mary composes a most beautiful song of praise to the Lord. The song is known as the Magnificat. 
Because the opening verse of this song is, My soul glorifies the Lord. And the Latin word magnificat means glorifies. In this magnificat, Mary worships God for his wonderful acts, for his mercy, and for choosing her to be part of his great redemptive plan. Well, here is that magnificat. Um, starting at, uh, in the same chapter at verse 46, my soul glorifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Well, we know that Mary was also a, a woman of God's word because of the song also contains at least a dozen quotations from the Old Testament. Although women of that day were not formally educated, it was apparent that Mary had listened to the reading of God's word and had hidden it in her heart. Her prayers and her life were undoubtedly filled with God's word. Mary was empowered by the Holy Spirit. God had chosen Mary for a task that was humanly impossible. But Mary pro was promised, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Although we aren't called to bring the Savior into the world, we too need the Holy Spirit's power to accomplish the task that we've been given. We can share the gospel with our friends and neighbors, but we cannot bring them to repentance or give them the faith to believe. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. Whatever we are called to do, we need the Holy Spirit's power to bring God the glory as we love a spouse when they're unlovable, as we parent a child when they're rebellious, as we submit to a boss that's demanding, or care for an elderly parent whose health is failing, or maybe even step outside our comfort zone to lead a Sunday school class or lead a small group Bible study. We can only live out the Christian life and serve God through the power of his Holy Spirit. Well, another quality of Mary that we're looking at is that she submitted herself to the will of God. When faced with this incredible task and this awesome responsibility, Mary responds with all humility by identifying herself as a servant of the Lord and surrendering to his will, saying, may it be to me as you have said. In effect, Mary was saying, Lord, I'm available. I'm willing to be used by you however you would choose. My body is yours. My life is yours. Mary was willing to lay down her plans for the Lord's purposes. In a literal way, Mary fulfilled what Paul would later write in his letter to the church at Rome. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, this is your spiritual act of worship, from Romans 12. 
As I was preparing this message, I thought to share a story about some famous person who has best illustrate this point. But my thoughts kept coming back to the people in our congregation who have been doing this very thing on a daily basis. People that were doing this for months and even years are brothers and sisters in Christ who have willingly laid down their interests, their pursuits, to give of their time and themselves for the sake of others, to care for spouses with difficult health issues, to help out adult children and grandchildren, to give up their vacation time, or to travel great distances to care for sick family members, to care for aging parents whose health is failing. May the Lord especially bless you for your sacrificial love. May he empower you by his Holy Spirit to give you the strength and the resources you need to show the love of Christ to your family, your friends. Well, saying yes is not always easy, and it can even have difficult consequences as we say yes to God. As we look back at Mary's journey, we realize Scripture only mentions one other person who knew of the virgin birth, Mary's fiancé, Joseph. In the first chapter of Matthew, we read that Joseph was visited by an angel of the Lord during a dream and told that the child Mary was carrying had been conceived in her by the Holy Spirit. There is no record that anyone else was told about the virgin birth, not Mary's closest friends or even her family. Certainly, Mary's pregnancy would give the townspeople much to talk about. Saying yes to God would cost Mary the loss of her reputation and not only bring disgrace upon her, but her family as well. Additionally, Mary was even in physical danger, as it was possible for Mary to even be stoned, according to the Mosaic Law. What about you? What has following Christ cost you? Have you been shunned at work, passed over for promotion, um, when people find out that you're a Christian? Have you been insulted by coworkers or ridiculed by classmates? Have you lost friends or been estranged from family members? As you follow Christ, it will cost you something. It always does. Though we see the advance of secularism in our society and its inroads into our culture, we are not under the persecution that some are around the globe. There are those who are arrested, imprisoned, even tortured and killed for their faith. In Matthew chapter 5, we read of German, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, where he tells his followers, Blessed are you when people insult you or persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. By saying yes to God, Mary would receive the greatest blessing of any woman in history, to be the vessel by which God would bring his Savior into the world. But Mary would also bear some of the greatest pains, as she would see her son, the Holy One of God, unjustly tried, cruelly beaten, and torturously crucified. Similar to Mary, we too have real fears in our lives when we fulfill God's purposes. We often have more questions than answers. But we can learn and be inspired by Mary's story. She leaned on God's word. She moved forward, trusting God for his leading and direction. 
Mary believed that God would keep his promises. In conclusion, we see that God had a plan to use Mary for a very specific purpose. As Mary submitted herself to God's will, he did an extraordinary work through her. Though we are not called to the same task, God still uses ordinary people and empowers them with his Holy Spirit power to do extraordinary things so that all would know that God is at work and that he would be glorified. Like Mary, God has a plan to use you and me for his work. We are told in Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do, God's, to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. May we, like Mary, love God's word, hide it in our hearts, that we would know God more intimately, that we would hear his voice clearly as he calls us to those good works. May we, like Mary, be willing to submit ourselves to God's purposes, that he may do extraordinary work through us, and that he may be glorified. None of us have experienced anything like the things that we have faced this year. Wildfires, civil unrest, a raging pandemic that has brought devastation to so many lives. And with it, it can bring de depression and fear and anxiety and take our focus off of Christ. Especially during these times, let us continue to praise the Lord with the intensity of Mary. Let us trust in the unknown and surrender to God's will. Let us be comforted to know that God is sovereign, sovereign over all his creation and assured of his promise that he will never leave us and never forsake us. And like Mary, may we make room in our heart for him. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you, Lord, um, for Mary, for her life, for her um, willingness to be used by you. We thank you, uh, Lord, that you choose to use ordinary people for extraordinary purposes. Father, we thank you that you would use even us. We thank you, Lord, that you have good works that you have prepared in advance for us to do. Lord, may we, uh, may we hear your voice. May we see the opportunities, the, things that, the doors that you are opening that we might do those good works, that others may see them and glorify you. And Father, we uh, are so thankful that uh, through the difficult times, Lord, you are in control, that you are sovereign over all your creation. And Lord, that you promise that you will never leave us, you'll never forsake us. As we uh, look forward to celebrating the birth of Christ. May we truly uh, keep him in the center of our lives and always make room in our hearts for him. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>